1: Hebrews chapter 9, chapter 10, verses there tell us that none of the Old Testament sacrifices could clear the conscience of the worshiper. But once you truly are born again and know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, guess what? Clear conscience. Now the challenge as a Christian is to see that that clear conscience is maintained. Now we're saved by the sacrifice of Jesus, so don't misunderstand. But Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience.
0: And a sincere faith. Before you accepted Jesus, a pure heart and a clear conscience were hard to come by. Even the devout Jew who offered sacrifices for their sins couldn't obtain such things. Now that the blood of Christ saves you and your sins are forgiven, your slate has been wiped clean. As Pastor Danny teaches today, the goal of the Christian is to maintain self-control to stay guilt-free. Understand that Jesus will always be there to take away your sin, but be encouraged to walk a blameless path. Now, here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4, with today's edition of The Living Word. With fervor
1: burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when it lasts, I'll hear the call. I'll know I'll say, 'Twas worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Years later, as an aged saint, C.T. Studd wrote this last stanza to his poem. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. Romans chapter 13 and verse 9. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. There's a host of scriptures I could go to. One more. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 29. What I mean, brothers, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. No, it doesn't mean that. Those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them, for this world in its present form is passing away. Now with that introduction, and I know it was rather lengthy, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. A lot of forgiveness. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's humorous to me. Without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one who's speaking the very words of God. And once again, Lord... I hear those words. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And that sets us back looking toward eternity, because the end of all things is near never saw until this particular time through this passage how connected these simple statements are. And I hope you'll follow along and really understand what the Lord's saying. Be clear-minded. It's actually one Greek word translated here, two words, be clear-minded and self-controlled. Because the one Greek word has both thoughts in mind. Be clear-minded. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Now, this is a Christian speaking. A clear conscience begins when one puts their faith in Jesus Christ and is born again. We saw that in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Let me just go back quickly. This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a Good conscience toward God. I'll never forget it. 19 years old when I prayed to receive Christ, and uh, he forgave me. And for the first time, I actually had a clear conscience before God. Hebrews chapter 9, chapter 10, verses there tell us that none of the Old Testament sacrifices could clear the conscience of the worshiper. But once you truly are born again and know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, guess what? Clear conscience. Now the challenge as a Christian is to see that that clear conscience is maintained. Now we're saved by the sacrifice of Jesus, so don't misunderstand. But Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Then he says, Some have wandered from these. And he mentions a couple of guys, uh, verses 18 and 19, that have wandered from these, one being the clear conscience. Hebrews chapter 13, the writer says, Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. One more. Second Corinthians, our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relations with you in the holiness and sincerity that are from God. Now, what would it take for me as a Christian, for you as a Christian, to defile my conscience, if you will? Well, I gave you one scripture. First... Samuel chapter 24, especially verse 5. And I'll tell you what it's, the context is. King David uh, running from King Saul. Or actually, David's not king. He's been anointed king. But he's he's a fugitive basically running from King Saul who uh, is embittered against David. You, you probably know the story. One day, David and his men happen to uh, run into Saul. Uh, not literally, but he's in a cave. Saul's relieving himself in the cave. He's using the restroom. And David goes in and his men are encouraging him to to... To get at Saul because they say, hey, the Lord's delivered your enemy into your hands. But David instead does something that while it doesn't take Saul's life or hurt him physically, uh, still it was wrong. David cuts off the corner of Saul's robe. And it says after he did it, he was conscious stricken. It bothered him because he knew what he had done displeased the Lord. And that's the bottom line. When I as a Christian do something that displeases the Lord, it affects my conscience. And the Holy Spirit convicts me if I'm the real deal. Now, what I do at that point is very important. Because if I don't do like David did then and confess it and then deal with it, then over time that defiled conscience becomes a seared conscience. And that's what Paul said happens to some guys, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. A seared conscience. What's a seared conscience? Well, it's synonymous with a calloused conscience. Conscience. I could take a pen right now, and I've got calluses on my hands right here, and I could take a pen and I could stick it through this callus, and guess what? I wouldn't feel a thing. I could take that same pen, move it down one inch, and if I stuck it in, you'd hear me yelp. Why? Well, it's the same needle. It's the same point. But I don't get the point when I stick it through the callus because... There's no feeling there. There's no sensitivity there. Because over time, it's developed a callous. You understand? A callous conscience becomes synonymous with what Jesus also referred to and other scriptures refer to as a hard heart. Now, if you get a Christian in this situation, you can confront them even lovingly in their sin, and they will not listen. They don't get the point. As a matter of fact, a Christian that comes to this place where they have, you know, allowed their conscience to become seared, callous, their hearts to become hard, they can even come to a place, and many of them do, where they justify their lifestyle. They justify their sin. They blame it on somebody else. Uh, I was talking to some of our pastors this past week and some of the marriage counseling we're having to deal with, including some that I'm uh, dealing with that I didn't go looking for. I hear, we hear, especially a lot of times these days, like I was talking to a husband recently and he was talking about uh, how all these years, how his wife has failed to fulfill him. And I I said, well, I I appreciate that. And that, that may be true, but that's no grounds for divorce. That's no grounds for divorce. What does Ephesians say? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. But see, people that end up with a seared conscience, a callous conscience, a hard heart, you can confront them with truth, even in love, and uh, they don't listen. They don't get the point. Vital, vital that we maintain a sensitive, clear conscience. That's what Paul's talking about. I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man.
0: Apostle Peter's first letter encouraged the lives of believers spread far and wide, forced from their home due to their devotion to Jesus. Today, though you may not be facing the same kind of persecution, there will be people that oppose your message of hope. The enemy wants you to be silent, but your story and the grace of Jesus just can't be kept silent. Don't hide Jesus from people. Live him out in your daily life and proclaim his praises wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Danny's teaching on the Living Word. If you'd like to hear more of his messages from this series on the book of 1 Peter, visit ccfstpete.church. Feel free to download or share the teachings you find from the Living Word or visit our YouTube channel. There you can immerse yourself in our weekly services. We'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel too. That way you'll be notified as soon as we post anything new. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit the website and click the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.